Oh. Sometimes when we press the record button, it's like mid-conversation, but yeah. that time it seemed like I pressed you, you it. You hit it right off. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a bad spot. It was a horrible spot. We had a good little, good little bit going, and then, uh, yeah, you hit it right as we ended it. <laughs> we talked about using a $70,000 vehicle as a fill, as a <laughs> negative fill for a uh, camera shot. Yeah, if you're doing a close-up of someone's face and you just want to take a little bit of the light away on one side, just add some bring shape. in that $70,000 uh, Tesla truck with that matte black and just park it a few inches away from them. It'll be fine. Yeah, if you're on their foot, that's okay. You're just weighing the person down so they don't get off their mark. I'm sure it has some feature that takes the weight off that wheel if it senses a foot. Oh, that would be awesome, actually. We should make that. We should pitch this to Tesla. I think we just did. I think we just did, too. So, Tesla, you can pay for this at hardyandsonspodcast.com. <laughs> you can be a patron. I want to say a shout-out. Shout-it-out. To Peter R. Peter. He came through big time. Oh, yeah, he did. He's a listener from Philadelphia. Philly! And he sent us uh, seven books. He sent us two uh, Hardy Boys rewrites. Yeah. And Which are the next two books in line, too. No. Right? Missing Chums and uh, Secret of the Old Men? Those were the originals. Yes. He gave us the two originals. Oh, yeah. Of books three and four. Yeah, buddy. And then he gave us uh, rewrites for books five and 55. (laughs) But they're like old, old prints, which is cool. 55? How old are we going to be when we get to book 55? 25 years older. We're at like two books a year. We've talked about this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But he also sent three other books. So we'll both be in our 30s. Science Mystery. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Keep uh, going. But he sent us other books that I think we could do an episode on. Oh, uh, I saw one of them and it looked really cool. Yeah. What was the science one? Uh it was like didn't the it have, of Skeleton Rock or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that one looked awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm dying to read that one actually. So, I was gonna say, let me borrow that. So stay tuned. Yeah, if you want to take one. Yeah, I might one. I'm, I'm gonna read one here. Yeah. Um But also, I'm super stoked. To start book three. I'm excited to finish this today. I am to finish too. the comparison. These are hard. These are hard. And for our listeners, thanks for hanging in there. Yeah. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of reading. Like, I feel like people listen to the podcast to hear our analysis. Yeah. And most of these comparisons, we're, we're reading a bunch of this old book yeah. and, and passages of it. So we'll I try mean, to push through that today. I think I did... Seven chapters up front, then you did eight chapters for the last book, and then it's another seven chapters. So it's just like cramming all of that mm-hmm. into one episode is very, very hard. Yeah. So we're going to do our best. But I just want to say I'm super stoked, and I hope that you and I can, not only for scheduling purposes, uh, but for the energy, I want to I want a marathon day. Oh, yeah. And go through I'm with you on chapters. that. We're not getting close to again, Thanksgiving. We're getting close to Christmas. Yeah, and uh, not only to accommodate our schedules, and I feel like when we do a bunch, oh, we uh, get our gold. energy's good. Yeah, but also I'm going to be so eager to keep turning the pages. Yeah, as, <laughs> as dumb as these books are, I'm hooked. I'm, I'm hooked too. I like these books board. too much. They're too too good. Plus, uh, as we do a few episodes, they get less and less tangents. Yeah. So you'll get a few shorter episodes. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, Probably usually, a bad thing. We usually squeak out like a 40-minute. Yeah. We limp Here's across the finish there. with a 40-minute <laughs> episode. Um, but without further ado, you? 
Uh, take us. Uh, when we last left them, they were just entering the cave. Die, this mint is delicious. Yeah, sorry about I'm that. I'm almost done. Take your time. Don't rush it. I'm rushing it. I'm, hey, I'm, like like uh, chewing tobacco, I've put mine mm. down in my... You put it in the side of the mouth. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just hitting it. It doesn't burn the... What, <laughs> with your tongue? You're just yeah. tapping it? Yeah, just, <laughs> just when, I need, when I need a little burst of wintergreen... <laughs> Like are you lizard. tapping on the edges? Are you are you rimming it? Or are you like actually sticking it in actually, the center you know what part? I'm, doing? I'm moving it slightly and licking mm. my lip where it used to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing that now. I have a little remnants there on the gum. Well, that's not bad, dude. You just changed the way I'm going to eat mints. You know they make beef jerky that's like shredded that you can do the exact same. Like they make it <laughs> yeah. t- like a tin. Yeah, I don't like that beef jerky. Yeah, it's weird. It's like sawdust. Yeah, but if they did that with mints, if I could put some mint. Dust, pack it down in Two great ideas tonight. See, I'm including myself in this idea, even though I wasn't a part of it. But did we just have two great ideas tonight? So if Tesla wants to get on board with our uh, mint dust, (laughs) you know where to find us. That's hardyandsonspodcast at gmail.com. Boom. And that's mint dust, folks. Uh, So here we are. The chamber and the cliff. So we last left off. The boys were... They had gone into the little... Uh, like clearing area yeah. inside the tunnel. They found this channel that led behind some twigs that was hidden. And then they made it through that and they entered some chamber of a cave. Yes. And uh, so Frank switches on his flashlight. Uh, he beams the flashlight all about the place until a glare is revealed, a dark opening immediately ahead. It was a crude arch in the rock and beyond it, he could see a steep flight of wooden stairs. Now, I don't think that's exactly how it was in the book before. Didn't they have to, like, turn off their flashlights or something? They saw, like, a glare, and then it was, like, a secret door? They kept turning off the flashlights so that if someone was through the door, they wouldn't immediately be seen. Okay. So, I guess it's the same thing, pretty much. But they go in. They find this passage. They go through. um, Let's see. Let's see. They ascend the stairs, and uh, they approach a door. Okay, Which similar. Pretty similar. Um, you know, they talk about Fully if they should enter. this whole time. Dude, mind yes, you. they never once took off their clothes, which is insane. Also, I guess this is in my chapter. I don't know if this was for you or for me. When did Preto and them get their standalone chapter? The whole boat ride back with the MacGyver bulb. That was like, of the 20 chapter first book, that was chapter like 18 or 19. Okay, so that's, that's one that I would have yeah. read. Okay, spoiler. Doesn't not happen. a part of this. Of course not. Yeah, the whole There's time I was like, where is this? Drama? Did this happen earlier? I don't remember talking to Sean about it. Yeah, they added the light bulb drama. <laughs> Again, what they add. That's the best thing is what they add. See, and, and this is why I think in the future when we do these comparison episodes, it can just be as simple as going through and being like, light bulb scene, added it. <laughs> yeah. Boys undressing, they added <laughs> they it. They added it. Pretzel Pete, added. Added it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sam Bates took it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he was dumb. Dimwitted. Conversation with Sam Bates. Yeah. There's, there's another mention of someone being dimwitted in this, too, of the Hardys calling someone Good. slower. Good. Um, it might be Malloy. Well, and there, well, there's I, a lot I, I of get ahead. We'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that. Blaze forward, my friend. Okay, so they get to the door. Frank tries to open it. Um, there's a clatter that echoes wall to wall. And uh, the ears of the boys create a hideous and deafening uproar. The latch snapped and the door swung open. That's all the same. 
That's all the same. The vivid beam. Sorry, I read this a while ago and I kind of forget a lot of it. Uh, I think this is the part in the oh yeah, so the book where they start to see the Japanese silk. Yes, okay. So we're right there now. They go in there, they open the door, and Frank is just like, ooh, smuggled goods. There is silk. But it's not Japanese. It's not. There's no mention of it being Japanese. It's just fine silks. Uh, I I don't remember where the chapter is, but oh, yeah. Uh, Huge boxes, bales and packages distributed about the floor, piled against the wall. uh, And then it just goes into the next page of... Uh, of the goods, there had been rich bolts of silk. Yeah. Um, valuable tapestries were laying across carelessly on the floor. Four boxes piled on top of each other. So the same situation of the boxes yeah. and the door swing and all that. But yeah, not Japanese, just <laughs> normal silks. I wonder- and it would probably be Chinese silks in this one. Because Ali Ali Singh is no longer Ali Singh. He is not, is this the he right nomenclature? Chang. He's a yeah. He's a he's a uh, Asian American. Well, probably just Asian. Oh yeah, probably just Asian. Yeah, I mean, what? I don't think they embraced them yet as a, as Americans. In yeah, thirties. They hip, they're clearly <laughs> still not embracing Italians. <laughs> no, clearly Asians not. Have a long way to go <laughs> in the twenties. Um, yeah, I, I wonder though if the addition of Japanese silk in the 60s was like obviously like that was in vogue then like i wonder yeah if japanese silk was a thing in the 20s as it clearly becomes in the 60s oh okay that that totally makes sense yeah because they they change things for just the time yeah yeah Yeah, i don't doubt that we'll have to look into japanese silks 60s uh fashion craves yeah See what's going on with that. Actually, yeah, yeah, Japanese report. silk was actually a big thing in the nineties. I have Japanese silk robes still with dragons. Yeah, I know this. Yeah. Have you seen my Japanese silk robe? I have. Yeah. All right. Now we're talking. It's nice. Yeah. I should wear that on the podcast. Get cozy You've with it. You've worn it out before. Oh yeah. I like it. That's good. Yeah. It's a sweet it's a sweet little robe. Okay, so uh now we're back. The boys, they hear the noise. Mm-hmm. They hide behind the silk. Just the silk, not the Japanese silk. I want this to be very clear. Yep. Uh, and then our boys come down. They start talking. Uh, there's a package of dope in that shipment that came last night. All right. Uh, yeah, dope. Interesting. I didn't know they called it dope back then. I, I figured dope was a modern term. No, I think dope was in the... Was it in that? I think so. They're talking about dope? Yeah. What do you think dope is? Are dope they considering smuggler. pills dope? I think so. What do you consider dope? Uh, Marijuana. Yeah, I, I would say uh, unlicensed drugs. Oh, just all unlicensed drugs like, are considered like dope, dope? Dope would be like marijuana, heroin, like to me. Yeah. Dope is illegal drugs. What would you call pills dope? No, I, like if you have... Because that's what they're doing, pharmaceuticals, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I get that it could be. Like it, like if you've just got a whole bunch of like... Oxycon, and, and I don't know what even pills there were back. Like it was just penicillin, right? That's all they had. That's all they had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if you got just like a bag of yeah, like this is before modern medicine. So this is, I mean, this is when if you broke your arm, if one of the Hardy Boys broke their arm, they'd put a leech on it. And yeah, like yeah, you'll be fine in a few days. Have a good bloodletting, son. 
that bone will heal right up. They put one on the top, one on the bottom, and the leeches suck both ways until it's like a magnet of leeches, yeah. and it, it, resets, and it the resets the bone. The bone. Yeah, exactly. I've seen it on the Discovery Channel. I saw YouTube. Uh, monkeys it. used to do it. <laughs> Maybe think of dude wears my car with Chester. Mm-hmm. Learns how to scratch tools. his head with the stick using the tools. Yeah, nice, dude. Your mm-hmm. dude wears my carsman. I always I forget about that. I, I know, know your body. body. What was it? I was reading um the novelization of it. <laughs> dude, we should write that. The novelization, the novelization of, of dude, dude wears my car. car. <laughs> I was reading a book, the uh, Time magazine does uh books where they take articles of certain years and put them into book form but it's just called time 1929 mm-hmm. and uh they write out coast guardsmen as well and it huh. made me laugh nice. so everything relates to the hardy boys now and it's really sad good oh no that's that good that's great <laughs> i view life as a hardy boy um here's just a weird line okay so the the, the boys go upstairs they're following uh or you know the uh the dope dealers are going upstairs yeah. and the boys are like uh, talking if they should follow him. I just thought this was hilarious. Well, let's follow them. I'm with you. We know we're on the right track. And we know we're liable to blunder right into the whole den of smugglers if we don't watch her step. It's going to be it. It's going to be ticklish from now on. It can't be any more ticklish than it has been. <laughs> I've lived about 10 years while that pair was in here. <laughs> I just like their banter. I think it's yeah. cute. <laughs> I think they used ticklish, but I don't know if they said the I've lived about 10 years while that pair was in here. That, 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 something about that silk ages those boys quicker. It's that aging silk. <laughs> um, oh, I'm, he's checking. Yeah, I'm checking here. You know the exact page, too. You know these books better than I. Yeah, I wish I knew other things instead. Some <laughs> yeah. breaking. That was a close call. Look like a pair of wrestlers. Look like a pair of wrestlers. We don't want to walk right into that whole ring of smugglers. Uh, I thought I'd die of suspense while that pair was in here. Oh, that's what so a weird they, thing. they took out the ticklish thing. <laughs> yeah. And they added something about dying. Yeah. From something that was lighthearted to something that was um evil. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, which is weird cuz this one, dude, this gets dark also. Like later on, this turns into a Sam Peckinpah film. It's crazy. Who's Sam Peckinpah? You ever seen the movie Straw Dogs? No. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Well. But he's the director. He's the director. Yeah, he did some crazy action movies. We'll continue. Let's let's get there. We shall continue. Okay, so the boys, same thing. They find Fenton. Or, you know, they get to a door and they hear this voice. Yeah. um, They start listening. And let's see. I have this underlined. I don't know if it's any good, but let's Let's see. Um, I'll tell you this nonsense has gone far enough. He'll sign and he'll sign right now. Or I'll know the reason why. The boys started, for the voice was none other than the voice of the man who ordered them out of the cove that afternoon. That's the stuff, chief, returned someone. Make him sign and promise to keep his mouth shut. If he doesn't, 
He'll never live to tell about it. That's one thing for sure, snapped the man coldly. Um, well, he's still here, said the man who addressed uh, as chief. He strode across the room, and the boys could hear a chair scrape across the floorboards. You'll find that this is an easier place to get into than it is to get out of. Well, that was a kind of cool line. Yeah. I don't know why I underlined this. And the boys this. did <laughs> find it easy to get in. They found it way too easy. Yeah. They found it as a 15- and 16-year-old, so it can't be that hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's where I guess it gets a little darker. Uh, and here's uh, uh, Snackley. You're a prisoner here, and you'll be a prisoner here until you die, unless you sign that paper. Which I don't same. think. That is the same? That's the same. He said until you die? Yep. In a children's book? Yeah, because he undercut himself. He's like, you'll stay here until you die, unless you sign this paper. <laughs> okay, so... So I could be fine, you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just, yeah, he undercut his threat right away. Oh. Well, I, I wonder, I wonder what I don't know because I know that. <laughs> like, I, I wonder what things in this world other There's, people know that yeah. I don't know. Because, that your brain is just stored. Of- I remembered that you are Snapman screwed. threatened him and then undercut his threat. When we are 26 books in, your brain will be just nothing but Hardy Boys. You know yeah, that, I'm right? Yeah, I'm still going to talk about Harold Morley from The Hamlin Company. <laughs> from The Hamlin Company, yeah. You'll never forget still it. got that. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know which of those books I looked in, but there is something where in the window of don't a store is a skeleton costume. <laughs> oh, no, not saggy bones. Uh, <laughs> but the caption on it is something like, if this is the sign, then they mean business or something like. Like it looks like it's it was, like pirate related. No, it looked like they were like a message was being sent to them that they were expecting from this. I don't know. It's strange. Oh, but, interesting. But, I wonder if it's the black of the hand. <laughs> <laughs> the black of the hand. The black of the hand. Uh, so here we go. It's uh, Snatley just or Snackley. Snackman. Snackman. Snackley. What's Snatman his name? Snatman Snackley. <laughs> It is. What is his name again now? Snackley, right? Ganny Snackley. Ganny, that's right. Dude, Ganny's the best name ever. So Ganny's running it down, blah, blah, blah. If you don't sign it, you'll starve. And this is where... This is not in the original. I know... Or in the rewrite. I know it's not. Uh, Another prisoner spoke up. Give him a taste of the hot iron. Ooh. They're talking about Brandon the man. Which I thought that was crazy. Uh, and then, of course, Snackley's like, no, nothing like that. It's too crude. Um, he can sign the paper now or take the consequences. And then, I mean, it's the same line, but it's funny with Snackley. Sign this paper, Hardy, or you'll starve. As sure as my name is Snackley. Mm. Yeah. It's just such a good line. I'm glad they kept everything except, of that line yeah. except for Snackley. And Snackley had to, to change, Snapman. but... Snapman's just stronger, scarier. Snapman? What are you afraid of, a man? And I feel like his name is Snackley because he's starving this man. He's like, yeah, I'm the Snackley, but you ain't getting no snacks, dog. Like the wet bandits of, <laughs> yeah. of The sticky bandits and the wet bandits, dog. <laughs> Snackley. <laughs> yeah, Snackley sounds like like in a group of like four kids that are like, you know, on goofy adventures. You've yeah. got like, like Timmy, Rex... And Rob Gina Schneider and Snackley. is Snackley. Yes. <laughs> Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider is Ganny Snackley. Hey, I'm Snackley. I want my ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Deuce Bigelow reference. 
Uh, next chapter. We yeah. went through that one pretty quick. Captured. And I have a lot. Uh, I have a lot underlined here, but it, it's basically the same thing. It's just more threats. And um, Fenton is just saying, like, I found out all I need to know about you, Snackley. I've got enough evidence to send you to the penitentiary for the rest of your life. And I have more than that. What do you mean more than that? I have enough to get you sent to the electric chair. Whoa. That is different. Yeah. And then a sudden commotion in the room and the two or three of the smugglers began talking. You're crazy, shouted Snackley. But there was a current of uneasiness in his voice. You're (laughs) crazy. Yeah. Electric chair. Like it yeah, yeah, darn dude. That's good writing, dude. That's yeah. high, bro. Yeah. Thanks, Leslie. <laughs> You're crazy. You don't know anything about me. I know enough to have you set up for murder. Uh, which we already know. Yeah. Because he did in the other book also murder the Pollitt, right? Did he murder Pollitt? No, he didn't murder Pollitt. Oh, he didn't? No. Oh man. Yeah, in the first book, Pollock just died. He just died old age? Yeah, like they found him in the house or something like that. That's right. This one he shot up multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Real, That's way cooler. messy job. Let's see. The more reason you're getting signed in the paper, you got yourself lucky, blah, blah, blah. A big thing is it's just darker. Yeah, the electric chair bit really dates this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you don't it's, hear, like, but again, it, it, it consistent between this and the rewrite is the fact that if you're tied up as a prisoner, don't threaten your captor. Yeah. Like, what is you're fe- just what being is dumb there. by being like, hey, if I get out of here, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of incentive. They're like, okay, 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 we'll let you go. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so that okay. didn't mean nothing by it. This, uh, again, I, I'm coming back to this 1929 book because this was written around the same time. But there was a joke about uh, President Hoover, and the joke – or it wasn't a joke. It was a story, and someone said that they were talking to President Hoover, and this is what happened. Um, so this is the president. Hoover says, there is one law I should like to see passed. The president ought to be allowed to hang two men every year without giving any reason or explanation. His friend, would two be enough? The president, perhaps not, but I could get word to 20 or 30. 30 that they they were being considered for uh, the honor. And I thought, wow, times really were different. <laughs> My God. No wonder this, Fenton is so hard in these books. Yeah, like, this is good like gracious. Like punishment, like like jail time and stuff as a deterrent for crime. Yeah. They still believed that that was true. Like they, yes. they believed that the threat of jail would be enough to keep criminals from being criminals. Mm -hmm. And that's not like studies have shown like that. It's not like the system has failed so heinously. Um, But yeah, back then just diving in full speed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Full speed ahead, my friend. Okay. Um, It goes into the same thing. Uh, they're trying to get him to sign it. We'll put food and water in your sight. You won't be able to reach it. You'll die of thirst and starvation unless you sign that paper. Which, again, a little bit darker version, a little bit harsher words, I believe. I don't think they said you will die of starvation if you don't do this. Yeah. I think they were just like teasing, like, well, you'll be a little hungry. Your stomach's going to start growling. 
You know, I hate to keep pushing back, but I, I do think... They said die in that one, I think, too? I think they said you would die of starvation. Listen, you're the expert here. I trust you. Your brain's got it all. I don't remember anything. You know, I think they said die of starvation, or my name's not Ganny Snack. <laughs> as sure as my name's Ganny Snack. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, okay, so everyone leaves. Frank and Joe listen. They're waiting to make sure they don't hear any footsteps. They go into the room, and there's Fenton Hardy. Uh, He's described as, Fenton Hardy was thin and pale. His cheeks were sunken, and he looked like a man who was famished uh, for want of food. Um, So they go over. Frank starts hacking at the ropes. The dull blade doesn't make progress. Joe fumbles with knots. His fingernails were broken, so he, he couldn't loosen the strand. I'm thinking... Why are your fingernails broken, what dog? What a weird thing to be broken. Yeah. Like, legitimately, your fingernails are broken? Like, they're popped off and they're cracked? And, like, if they are... From untying knots? Un- Why are you using you your fingernails? Untie. Like, I have really short fingernails. Yeah. Well, I, I put it in my mouth. I use my teeth like a normal human. What, I mean, this is, this is, like, the equivalent of, like, I'm sorry, I can't help. I have a hangnail. <laughs> yeah. Frank, you do it. <laughs> Frank, you can see how big this one is, right? My finger really It'll... stings. <laughs> I can't do it. You could do it. Come on. No, a bee got me. I swear to God. I the stinger's still in there. I can see it. <laughs> he's got, the, he's got the, the broken fingernail and just leeches all over his yeah. hand. He's like, I can't help until next week when I get the leeches off. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, take the leeches off. I Doc see a flashback of have to stay on for a week. How he got the bee sting, and it's just him outside, and uh, he just puts honey in a bowl next to like a beehive to see if they try. Did you ever do that as a kid? You put honey out, and then uh, bees would fly into it, and they would get stuck in it, and then you quickly took it and you took it into uh, into the freezer in the house, and you froze bees in this little. Bowl of honey? No. Never did that? No, I never did that. You know what else I never did and we didn't go back to it? And I'm just saying this so that maybe we remember in the break. You said the S thing when you sign your name. You would do the S thing. Oh, yeah. Do you not know what the S thing is? We talked about this. We were like, we'll talk about it after the break. And when I listened to the episode, I'm like, we never talked about the S thing. So Yeah, I'll bring up the S thing after this episode. The S thing is fantastic. Uh, But no, I never... Put a bowl lined with honey next to a beehive and then quickly carried it into the <laughs> freezer to freeze bees. I didn't do that. You missed out there on There are two childhood. things I have done. Yeah. Once I was a kid and we had this, uh, there was this huge underground beehive in this like raised garden. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to make peace with them and I brought them grass so that they could <laughs> eat it. And I covered their hole with it. That way yeah. they'd just be able to like, come yeah. up, grab a piece, and yellow take jackets? it down. Uh, I don't know, probably. Because yellow jackets stung. don't die when they sting you, so you'll get stung a hundred times. I got stung so much, they were in my mouth, in my yeah. clothes. I yeah. ran into my... Like, it was bad. I had to go to the doctor. Um, like, yeah. I had to go to the hospital. Uh, it's bad news. Can I tell don't you something? Feed bees grass. Yes, go ahead. I was on a camping trip, and my friend had a pug. The pug was adorable. Every time it peed, it kicked its feet, right? Uh-huh. It, like, you know, wiped off, like, I'm yeah. done with this spot. I'm cleaning yeah. myself. So I was walking with the pug... Well, probably like 10 years old, walking with the pug. Pug takes its pee, wipes its feet, kicks grass up. The pug is you in this situation. Yes. Goes into a yellow jacket nest in the ground. They fly up, sting me to death, sting the dog. No one cares about me at this point (laughs) because everyone is worried about the dog. 
I had to be stung just like you at least a hundred times in my mouth, on my face, all over my body. And I'm just like on the ground feeling like I'm seizing up and I can't get them off. I'm rolling because I've seen Tommy Boy and I know like the bees are on you. You roll on the ground. Uh, Not when they live in the ground. (laughs) So I'm just rolling on top of them. So, yeah, that's that's hilarious that we share that same story. Look at us. We really are finding ourselves through this podcast. My degree is in biology, and I worked yes. in uh, – genetics was my uh, emphasis. And I yeah. worked in the fruit fly lab doing uh, genetic uh, tests and stuff with yeah. with fruit flies. And I put fruit flies to sleep all the time with ethanol so that I could count them. Well, they wouldn't fly around. Mm-hmm. I could, like, check their eyes and do all the stuff that I had to do. Whoa. And then – uh, then they would wake up from that. So while I never froze a bee, I did use ethanol to <laughs> knock out a Drosophila melanogaster. Nice. Did, I, I mean, if that was me, afterwards I would have smashed them all because fruit flies are annoying. They were a big part of my life. And I don't mean like just the studying, but then they were also in everything that I had. Like they were they no. came back to my dorm room. Like it was. You brought. I would have hated to be well, like they in were a room just with in you. my bag. Like they were everywhere. Oh God, yeah. I hate them. It, uh, another story that we share in common is, I like to kill fruit flies. I like to take another bowl and then I fill it with uh, something like uh, some sort of juice. Yeah, uh, red and, wine is effective. Apple cider vinegar. Yeah, is apple very cider better. vinegar is what I use, and then I throw in uh, dish soap, dishwashing uh, liquid. And, uh, yeah, I let them fly into that. And mm-hmm. then I laugh as uh, I count their bodies at the end of the day. <laughs> I do that to get rid of them. I don't – you seem to get real dark with it. I do. You know? I yeah. get – yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> Look how many I've taken out. <laughs> Where are your brothers? Are you not entertained? <laughs> I look at one of the fruit flies, like one is struggling in the um, liquid concoction, and I see his friend flying around, and I stick my thumb out sideways, and I teeter it, and I teeter it, and then it goes down. See, if I saw... To I, a Hans I Zimmer score. I wouldn't be able to watch the fly die. <laughs> I don't watch that. That was a gladiator reverence. I'm not no, 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 watching I, them I know, die. but you're saying if you like see them flashing around in the water... Oh, no, they're dead, oh, you were I saying find he was going to kill his friend. Yeah, I was saying, gotcha. should I save your friend or not? I understand. And I, I vote down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, it, it hurts me. It hurts me to wash those flies out of the bowl and see all the dead little... Bu- this is the guy who's okay gross. stealing batteries. Where's the line? <laughs> 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 oh, God. Okay, so, like, the boys are sawing at this, and then they rest for, like, a few minutes because they're tired. I'm just imagining Fenton's all tied up. He's just like, I've got stupid sons. Like, this is <laughs> this idiots. is ridiculous. What, what, what are you, what's wrong with your nails? Take the... <laughs> What was the point of building that gymnasium? <laughs> yeah. It comes back, actually, the gymnasium. I'm this sure one. it does. Uh, so Frank eventually, I guess, with the dull knife, um, makes it through. And then he drops it and then uh, makes a noise. And then people come up. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he drops the knife and then people come. Frank's trained the knife with the ropes were stubborn. The dull knife. Man, this is going to be one of our worst episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I read this a while ago. I don't remember any of this. I read it right before you came over last time. Yeah, I should have done that. Uh, yeah, he's getting it loose. And then they're talking about how they would win in a fight. I think it's on the next page that he drops it. Oh, there's a lot here. Is that entire page highlighted? Yeah, but I don't know why. 
I think I was afraid that there wasn't going to be enough material, so I was just like, "Well, I'll just highlight this hard whole on page. this first <laughs> chapter, huh?" Um, but essentially, they they break them out and they make oh. a run for it, right? Oh, oh, okay. Here we go. This is good stuff. All right. This is good stuff. All right, here we go. Uh, here we go. All right. I had a cherry pie today. <laughs> How was the cherry pie? Happy. It was a little small one. It was very good. But the smugglers were very close. Now the Hardys could hear the coarse voices just outside the door. Um, there was no chance of escape. Just as the Hardy boys and their father crossed the threshold of the door, the opposite side of the room was flung open. Frank had uh, interesting because in the first one, oh yeah, the whole smuggler. So Frank, yeah, he does. He drops the knife. They hear something. They get the dad untied, and then they're like, "Oh, someone definitely hurt us. We need to get out." But like, so they don't make it into another room. They're no. leaving the captured room. Yeah. Okay. Because in the other one. They made it totally out, and they were, like, sneaking away, and then they heard voices, and... Oh, that's then right. There, then there was that fight. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of that all happened, in this like, one, in the stairwell. Too. Yeah. This one happens... They were on their way to the boat. This is just... Yeah. Okay. Small little changes. That's weird. Um, so, Frank caught a glimpse of who he assumed was Snackley. Uh, what is this? Frank had a confused glimpse of the dark man, Snackley, whom they had seen in the cove that afternoon, with half a dozen rough men crowding behind him. Then he saw Snackley whip a revolver from his pocket. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. So Snackley is just aiming this bad boy at Frank, the chief of the smugglers, which they call him the chief of the smugglers in this. Okay. That explains chief. Yeah. Did they call him chief of the smugglers in the other one, or did they just call him chief? I think they called him the chief of the smugglers once. Okay. And then, like, it was... Like, they and all then it just implied that it's chief. Yeah. Hey, chiefy. Um, oh, yeah. Here we go. So, the chief of the smugglers was filled with astonishment, but he did not lose his presence of mind. The weapon was leveled at Frank before he had time to close the door. So I love that he's aiming this revolver at Frank. That is... <laughs> that a child. Yeah, that is so that dark for this children's book. Okay, snack... But then again... Huh? It's the kind of thing where, like, that's how you, that's how you get to somebody. Well, like, yeah, that, that's... that's what'll stop Fenton Hardy. He's like, don't point that at my son. Unless the next thing you're going to read is, like, Fenton Hardy dove out the door, <laughs> leaving Frank behind. <laughs> nope! <laughs> Not today. Bye, Frank. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Uh, so this actually, when when I read this, I thought, oh, my God, he killed Frank. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Joe. Listen to get this. Out. The weapon was leveled at Frank before he had time to close the door. Snackley did not speak. He pressed the trigger and the revolver roared. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, and then it just says, the bullet chipped into the wood of the door. Frank ducked. Joe, who was in lead, flung himself to one side. Fenton Hardy stumbled out to the landing at the top of the stairs. So, Snackley straight up fired a shot at Frank. Yeah, Snackley. And Frank had to duck to <laughs> dodge the bullet. Yeah. And most people don't know this, but if someone's going to shoot you, ducking is 100% effective. Always. Yeah. You should always duck. Yeah. Because they're always aiming for the head. It's always a head yeah, shot. Yeah, and all you have to do is duck. <laughs> And there's nothing they can do. Don't dive left or right. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. either jump or duck. It's yeah. all about the vertical. Yeah, try to so, <laughs> jump over the bullet. That's really more, that's the more but, modern way. Exactly. But put your legs in a pencil shape because you can jump higher. Just get as condensed with your body as possible. Yeah. So in the in the rewrite, and I don't know if we're about to get there 
here, but he he drew a gun and they like karate chopped his wrist. Yes, so he shoots at Frank. Frank, uh, I guess the smuggler gets closer to Frank, uh, and then he's sprung and he leaps directly at Snackley and he strikes the man in the wrist. The revolver flies out of the rascal's gra- grasp, Ooh. skidding across the floor to the corner. Then they grapple on the ground. Frank's taken Snackley. Frank was swiftly overpowered and dragged away while the other smugglers with drawn revolvers pursued Joe and Fenton Hardy out to the landing. So Joe and Joe and Joe Fenton did were just take like, a break for it. Yo, Frank is obviously adopted. <laughs> we have set this up. It's too Dead late for him. Biological. <laughs> we're out. <laughs> so yeah, Frank and Joe. Uh, or, or, I'm how sorry, Fenton and Joe are out. How different this book series could have been if in book two they did <laughs> just kill Frank. Kill. <laughs> just like there's no dramatic duck, just Snackly Dude. levels the revolver and Frank dies. I see Frank has a mask over his head. He's got a, a you know one of those pillowcases over his head oh, and he gets Jesus. shot. And they inside man us though. <laughs> so like six books we think he's dead and then we find out it was just this squib that exploded under the mask and that Frank was never actually <laughs> shot. <laughs> And Frank, Frank was is actually Ali Singh. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want some dope? <laughs> Pulls out pretzels that just the uh the salt on them are actually just uh, yeah, uh like uh, the breaking meth. bad meth. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. The blue, that uh Heisenberg blue. Uh so basically Joe and Fenton are out in the landing. Being unarmed, they were forced to submit, otherwise they would have been shot without mercy. Wow. Uh, the struggle was short, so they uh, they're captives of the smuggler now because yeah. all the smugglers have guns and they could not escape. Yeah, that's the same except for the shot string fire. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, and Frank's sweet duck moves. Duck and and, and in this cover. one, they're all running. Yeah, in the other one, they turned to fight and like Joe's got somebody, Fenton's got somebody, and then. Like, they're shoving people into walls and disarming snapmen, and then, like, other people start to come, and it's too much. Um, yeah. But this is just straight up. They've been... They oh, yeah. never have the upper hand. No. They're just they're running just... and abandoning Frank. Yeah. Uh, so... You think Fenton was extra pissed at that moment? He's like, God, they shot the smart one. <laughs> I've got, all I've got left is this kid who keeps laying... Joe couldn't catch up, too. He couldn't make it through his the door. His hands were too big, because at this point, they're so, like, infected. So covered in these leeches. giant, just massive meat paws. <laughs> he grabs the gun, but he can't put his finger into the trigger. Because of my fingernails, you guys. Those big, nasty, swollen hands. All right, here we go. Dire threats. So they're tied up and they're asking what they should do with yeah. the boys, right? We've seen this. Uh, we ought to do what I wanted to do in the first place, declared Red, the redhead. Um, as long as Hardy is alive, he is dangerous. You mean we should get rid of him? Sure. We ought to get rid of him and get rid of those boys, too. Okay. Uh, that's that's new. Up triple homicide. Yeah, that is new. Uh, that's easier said than done, returned Snackley, with a sinister look at the man on the cot. I should think you've had enough on your conscience already, Snackley, exclaimed Fenton Hardy. But I suppose you're hardened enough for anything, he added bitterly. He was thinking what more of his sons. are you doing, Yeah, Fenton? I know. I know. 
Again, he's why, like why saying, hey, poke, you should kill me because I know the bear. you killed. Yeah. <laughs> don't eat the snacks. You remember when he sh- tried to shoot your son? <laughs> yeah. And for some miracle reason, you were still <laughs> the alive. The duck worked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A duck. A duck. <laughs> don't you bother about my conscience, sneered Snackley, but with a shadow... Uh, but a shadow crossed his face. What do you know about me, anyhow? I know all about what happened to Felix Palooka. He had a big treasure hidden in that house on the ca- uh, on the cliff, and you got it. And then you started to use this place for your smuggling operations. Ooh. Ooh look so at this. Implying, a treasure. Is he implying that... The hidden money. That Snackley killed Palooka. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. And then took over and turned it into a smuggling uh, arena. Or whatever you want to call it. Oh, snap. Uh, Oh, shut up, Snackly snapped. What a great term. Snackly snapped. Snackly snappedman. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to fix you and those kids of yours. Just wait and see. My God. Um, So. Let me threaten you more first. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. That's the truth. Um, yeah, then they go into the thing again of, like, uh, they all talk together how they don't feel okay with killing the kids. They okay, have the so conscience. there is the no rough stuff thing again. Yeah, and the idea is now they're going to dump them overboard in China because Lee Chang, and Lee Chang doesn't like to feed passengers. He can get away. Uh, yeah, so this is the same. Feed. They, they yeah, were yeah. saying there's a ship offshore. Leave it to Lee Chang. The old villain would just like to have three white men in his power. He'll attend to him. I thought that line was funny. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't even yeah. know what to think about. I that. don't either. Uh, so and here we go with Fenton again. Do as you wish with me, but let the boys go. And then Frank just really fast. just said, No, we'll stick with you, Dad. And then, you know, Fenton's just like, I wish that bullet would have hit you because Joe wouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> Joe would have been out the door already. <laughs> Joe's riding on his hands. He just puts them down like a giant sled with those big swollen fingers. <laughs> I was going to say, Joe pipes up and he's like, actually, can I go? Frank, you can stay, but yeah. I'm going to go. <laughs> that's oh, the God. smart thing to do here. Oh, I love that. Well, here we go. Same thing with Malloy. They bring in Malloy to watch them. Don't fall asleep. Um, uh, yeah, they just talk about, um, well, looks like we're going to be with Lee Chang by morning, but we don't want to go to China, Frank. <laughs> Frank, s- the best, most sincere like response is goes, we may never get to China, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you hear what they said? For all we know, that rascally Chinaman, whoever he is, may heave us overboard when he gets well out in the ocean. Oh, my God. But I don't want to go to China. <laughs> I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. <laughs> You're not going to make it to China, you idiot. <laughs> You're dead, my friend. Uh, next chapter, Queek Work. Um, so Snackley made poor selection when he chose Malloy as the guard. The man had been up the entire previous night helping bring in the shipment of smuggled good from Lee Chang's vessel, and he oh, had good. no little sleep backstory. that day. He was very tired. 
Uh, so he fell asleep. Yeah. Because he worked an all-nighter. Okay. Not because he was truculent. Yeah. It was because he was working. I, I like that. I was happy that they added that. Um, A lot of people think smuggling is all just games. Yeah, you know, it's all just fun, fun and, and parties games and time. It's people a lot up. of work. Yeah, you have to. Bring you got to unload goods, those shipments. Man. Those bolts are heavy. Yeah. <laughs> One thing of silk, not bad, but a whole bolt. <laughs> bolts on bolts on bolts on bolts. Uh, so it's all the same from here. Uh, let's see, is this where he puffed himself up like a blower fish? <laughs> Wait, what happened? Well, in the rewrites, like they're tied up, and then they realize Fenton had like, oh yeah, the Houdini made himself trick. bigger. Yeah, yeah. So he does the Houdini trick again. Uh, they go over. They attack Malloy. Um, Fenton puts his hand over his mouth, takes him to the floor, and there's a silent struggle, of course, in that old wooden floor. It was a silent struggle, I'm yeah. sure. Um, so they do the same thing, and then the boys and everyone runs away. They see a faint opening, which grew larger above them and resolved itself into a square of gray light against which the head and shoulders of their father was fully silhouetted. Fenton had raised the trap door that concealed the entrance to the underground caves and passages. Mr. Hardy looked out carefully. There was no sign of the smugglers. He proceeded to the very top of the steps, then moved clear of the stairway. Frank and Joe followed. Rising out of the ground like mysterious spirits of the earth, and the Ooh. three stood in the shelter of the shed. Okay. So they find a trap door that takes them to the shelter outside. Yeah. So I don't remember if that happened. I don't remember if them they went yeah. to the shelter. They did go to the shelter. Yeah, that's a, that's how it happened. Because okay. like they were pushing up on it and stuff oh, the fell wood. off. That's of it. right. The wood. Yeah. So there's no wood on this one. They just straight up get out. There yeah. was nothing on top of it. So that was the difference. Uh, they moved out of the shed after closing the trap door and stood in the shadows. We can't go by way of lane, whispered Frank. There's a prisoner. We can't in go by what? Way of the lane. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess whatever we path. We can't go on. the. We can't. Yeah, because I guess people would see them if they were on a path. So it's like, where do we go? Okay. We... Interesting. Same, same sort of situation of trying to figure out how to get out. Uh, there was a prisoner in the cellar of that house, said Frenton Hardy. I hate to go without setting him free. What? So it's Jones. Yeah. So Fenton knows that there's a prisoner in there. A prisoner? I heard him talking about him. Why can't we go to town for help? Once they find us gone, they'll clear out. But the three of us can't do much against this gang. They'll just capture us all again. Correct. Okay, kids. Kids are right. Hey, that's the first time they've they've had a, a good deduction. Yeah, so we got this hearty hubris going on with Fenton. Uh, that that's is, where they get it from. That's where they get it, like father, like son. So he thinks about this for a moment, like, well, maybe my sons are right. And he just goes, you know what? Yeah, the risk is too great. Uh, and I've let you take too many risks already. That's right, Dad. Uh, we'd better go back to town. Having arrived at this decision, they moved slowly across the grass of the yard, heading towards the bushes that flanked the lane. The great bulk of the old stone house loomed heavily and darkly in the night. Then suddenly, they heard a harsh sound that struck terror into their hearts. The clatter of the trap door being raised. So the minute they decide, yeah, we're going to go to town. Boom! People Here are behind come them. the boys. Um, come the cavalry. So, of course, Fenton has one choice. And that's, 
Into the house, snapped Fenton Hardy. He began to run swiftly across the yard towards the big, gloomy house. Frank and Joe followed. So, I mean, that's not too bad for them to go back into the house, right? Yeah, if they, I mean, if everyone is coming outside. Yeah, that's kind of the only safe option at this point. They didn't have this time of, like, waiting in the grass and people walking right by them and all that stuff. Yeah. In the rewrite, they, like, they were out there for a while. They weren't found, but people were walking right next to them. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, let's go in the house. Yeah. It's like, you you made it past the part that was the problem. Yeah. This was just a moment of quick judgment of, I don't know what to do. My kids are in danger. These guys are coming after us. And the fact that they've been shooting kind of raises the stakes. In which, um, uh, they've got away. Hardy and them boys. They've escaped. Look, there they are now running across the yard. The revolver spoke again. Ooh. Yeah, dude. Ooh. Yeah, these revolvers are talking. But the shots were wild. For the detective and his sons were soon lost to the view in the shadows of the house. So this is the Sam Peckinpah stuff right here. So they are in the house. Um, They basically, they can't go back to the passageway. They're trying to figure out where to go. Fenton Hardy sped around the back door and flung it open. The fugitives raced into the kitchen and closed the door behind them. Out of the darkness came a frightened voice. Who's there? It was so sudden and unexpected that their pulses leaped. They made no answer. Who's there, I say? Is it you, redhead? Still, they did not reply. Fenton Hardy crept through the darkness in the direction of the voice. Speak! Quick! Speak! Or I'll fire! Oh, yes, this is Fenton yes, yes. saying this? Uh, this is the voice in the dark. The voice. The boys heard a sudden scrambling sound. Their father had thrown himself upon the other man. The boys rushed into the two strugglers. Uh, so there's a big uh, struggle going on. There was a deafening roar and a streak of flame. The man in the house had been armed with a shotgun, and in the struggle, it had exploded. <laughs> nice. Okay, so now we got shotties. I like Shotguns, this. Shotguns, revolvers. Shotguns, revolvers, everything. In a children's book. But in case you're wondering, fortunately, the Hardy Boys were not standing in the path of the shot. Oh. And Frank ducked. But the noise had attracted the attention of the smugglers outside the house. In a few seconds, the back door flung in, uh, flung open. They're in here! They're in the house! Fenton Hardy flung to one side, uh, and then they go upstairs. Fenton's just like, upstairs! Um, they wait at the top of the s- stairs, or Fenton's at the top of the stairs. The boys join, and um, let's see. And Fenton's got a gun, so he is just firing down. Oh, um, Fenton's just yeah. So the whole the whole when guns get in my hand, bad things happen. Yeah, is happening. Yeah, you're darn tootin'. It's happening. Cocking that shotgun <laughs> underneath his armpit. Oh, he's doing a rundown. Oh, baby. dude, I was just talking about that yesterday. Someone we were, asked we've talked me, about that on this podcast because it's several the best times. movie. Uh, <laughs> my friend Jordan asked me. He goes, "One well, best picture for the fourth year in a row." <laughs> yeah. Every year, all year. Oh no, it's my friend Comer who I used to do the mm-hmm. the podcast with. He asked me what I think is better, the rundown or walking tall. The rundown. And I yeah. It was like you don't even have to say what do you think is better, the rundown. Just stop right there. Don't name another movie because there's no way anything's gonna match it. You know what's weird though? Huh. So uh Walking Tall is the story of Buford Pusser. That's a great name. Who was the sheriff um after like he, you know, wrote the law himself or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then 
he starred in a movie about himself. Like oh, he, what? Yeah. It's it's a whole weird thing where he became sort of known for this stuff and then became a movie star playing himself, which is just such... Does he play himself in the original Walking Tall? I believe so. Because that's a good movie. I believe... So. Uh, yes. I know. I'm gonna, we'll I confirm that. Yeah. Let's finish this chapter and take a break. Okay. Then we'll, then we'll come back and talk, talk about <laughs> Walking Tall for some reason. <laughs> Anyways, Fenton's got the shoddy. Fenton's got the gun. He's firing down. The smugglers are like, we can't rush him. He's got a revolver. Uh, He's got a revolver. I don't know what happened in the shoddy. It exploded, they said. I I would assume that that meant it fired. Well, yeah. uh, Maybe there was only one one, uh, shell. Who knows? But the shoddy's out of play now. They just wanted to throw in a shoddy. So um, only one? Yes, the kids aren't armed. Wait till he uses up all his ammunition, then we'll get him. There was another whisper, um, and the smugglers apparently withdrew toward the doorway leading to the kitchen. Then, in a moment, a perfect fusillade of shots broke out. But Fenton Hardy and the boys had withdrawn past the turn in the staircase and were well protected. They could hear the uproar of gunfire as the smugglers riddled the staircase with bullets. The dog is having bad dreams about this shootout right now. Yeah, the dog is running while laying down, and it's awesome. Hey, wake up. <laughs> Stop dreaming about the f- fuselage of bullets. What is it? <laughs> the fusillade. The fusillade. I've never heard yeah, that Yeah, I know. I, I, I had to pause. If you go back and listen, I take about three seconds before I say it, because I'm like working out in my head. How do you say <laughs> this one? This one's tough. My mind just sees it as quesadilla for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Right? Do you see that a little bit? Uh, point it at, where is it? Right here. I see those uh, L's and the D and the A, and then my mind is automatically thinking quesadillas. Fuselid. Yeah, I see the quesadilla. You see, You do? Yeah, I see it. Nice. Thank you. I like that. Yeah. Dude, we should get quesadillas. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't even talk about oh, quesadilla right now. Yeah, so an up uproaring of just firepower bang 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 bang. but luckily the boys had moved yeah. and they, they're in they a like came area. around the bottom of the stairs and just started firing off yeah so they're just unleashing hell this is a so we talked before i don't like guns yeah i don't like them in stories but they do up the intensity instantly. yeah it's awesome uh well uh <laughs> But Chuck, are you saying a group of smugglers shooting at two children and their dad is not awesome? What's interesting (laughs) is that this was cool. Yeah. Like that these were children's books with a shootout in them. Yeah. And we look now and this is not like no children's book has a shootout in it. No, Dr. Seuss doesn't talk about shootouts. But. They are more common. Like, I I would think that, like, this, with how pervasive guns are in our society now, mm-hmm. and, and in, like, violent movies and stuff like that, like, they're everywhere, I would have thought that in the 20s, it would have been more, like, wholesome, you know, like, well, this is a children's book. We won't have gunfire in it. That's not for children. And then they would have added gunfire in the 50s. So I'm, I'm shocked <laughs> that it's gone the it's other quite way. It's Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's... After rereading these uh, rewrites, that's why I got that 1929 book. So I was curious about just that era. Mm-hmm. And it 
has been explaining a lot about into the workings of this. Interesting. I'm, yeah. So I'm enjoying that aspect. And once again, the Hardy Boys have ruled my life. Um, here's a great line from Snackley after they unleash hell. That should have finished them. They could hear Snackley saying, if they're on their stairs at all, they're as dead as mutton by now. Ooh. Yeah, dude. What a sweet line. Yeah. Dead as mutton. Uh, from that fusillade of firepower. From that quesadilla firepower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, be careful. They're getting ready. Hardy has a gun. I don't know. I guess they're still thinking that he might be alive. So they're just like, be careful when going up. Um, the boys were listening and they heard someone say, the back stairs. Frank turned to his father. They're going to rush us. Which I'm like, Oh man, I imagine that's this that scene. Liam Neeson. Yeah, I imagine Fenton like is wearing a trench coat and he opens it up like the Matrix. He pulls out a few guns and he throws one to Frank. Frank grabs and just and he looks at Joe and he's like, "Here's a ninja star." Throws a ninja star. Joe catches it in between his slug hands, <laughs> <laughs> or one of them hits a leech. <laughs> you killed my leech, Dad. I had named Grasp that one. Onto this. Um. They're going to rush us uh, by the back stairs. I hadn't thought of that, said Mr. Hardy. I wonder if there's any way of reaching the attic. Frank took the flashlight from his pocket, switched, his on, switched it on. Uh, so they figure out, we're going to go up to the attic. So they go up to the attic and retreat with the revolver. Now, it makes sense to have gotten to the attic by this chain of events. Yeah. Like, this is not their first choice of anything. Yeah. And that's what they added to the rewrite is like, hey, <laughs> let's go hide in the attic. And yeah. they're all like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not like they're being chased no. you know, out of the yard and then like being shot at. Just went the attic and, chill. Yeah. Yeah. They they're like, wanna, it's a little chilly outside. I, I wonder if that attic's warm. There might be a book up there I want to read. Yeah. Hey Joe, you like spiders? Yeah. <laughs> well, spiders, Dad. I, I, I got a friend, Biff. He's got legs like a spider. <laughs> what is that voice? Uh, I love it. I a feel like it's, it's, yeah, it's a little puberty voice. <laughs> he's 15. He's going yeah. through life right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so they're up in the attic. Uh, hurry up, man. They're getting in the attic. A rush of thundering footsteps followed as the smugglers raced up the steps. Joe scrambled through the opening and Frank followed. Fenton was only halfway up the stairs, however, when the first smugglers reached the hallway. The detective fired directly at them. Woo! Fenton is legitimately Blood throwing. Blood on his hands. Yeah. yeah, he is firing at these men. This is a real shootout. This is insane. Good this is awesome. Lord, this is a children's I'm waiting book. for him to reach into his pocket and pull out some nails and throw them on the stairs. Yeah. So when they run up, they just all step or on Or Home Alone style. Home Alone. He's just yeah, got he's that got a one in the shingle at the top. <laughs> yeah. Smart. <laughs> oh, also, the whole thing with the board being added to the door and them sawing through it with a knife, mm-hmm. that's added. Of course it is, because yeah. it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's the little litmus test. Is it dumb? If it's dumb, it's added. Uh, so, Snackly, they're in the attic. Uh, now we've got them where we want them. That's what you said last time. They can't get out of there. We've got them cornered. Snackly's voice broke in. Hardy, he shouted. Mr. Hardy did not answer. Wait, did Mr. Hardy kill someone? No, he, he just he fired he, well, at them. Is, at, it, at, he's just an awful. Sh- Harry, you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> you're a terrible shot. <laughs> <laughs> ben Hardy. 
fired at people who were a half a stairway away. That's the distance we're working well, with. Here's, here's the continuation. The detective fired directly at them. The smugglers who were in the lead fell back in a desperate attempt to reach cover. And in doing so, they collided with those behind. How slow do so- bullets move where you can... You can duck and avoid being shot. And like, and oh, they're shooting quick. Let's go and find run into cover. your friend and three stooges like just hit each other and all fall down the stairs like dominoes. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happened. So, you know, it's that listen, Hardy went on Snackly. We'll give you one minute to come down out of there. No answer. The floors are thin, Hardy. We can fire right through them. You can't get out. We have you cornered. Better come down. What's the name of this chapter? Uh, Into the Haunted House. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Kill Em All would have been a better title. Your last chance, Hardy. Frank flashed the light upon his father. Mr. Hardy was inspecting the chamber of the revolver. He held out the weapon with a gesture of despair. There was no more shells. A shot sounded from below, and a bullet ripped its way savagely through the flooring. Holy hell! But a foot or so away from where the three sat. Damn! (laughs) Another bullet tore through the wood out of the trap door. Uh, A few more shots resounded. The bullets were unpleasantly close. Then Snackley spoke. What do you think of it now, Hardy? Are you and your boys ready to come down? They did not answer, for they knew that if their voices... Or they didn't answer because they knew if they talked, it would reveal where they're uh, standing, and it might bring another bullet. When they did not reply, Snackley spoke to his men. Let them have a few more. (laughs) An angry chorus of revolver shots followed. In the midst of the... These are children. An angry chorus (laughs) of revolver shots followed. In the midst of the uproar, some of the smugglers secured a long pole and pushed against the trap door with it. Uh, Before those above could avert the danger, the trap door was flung wide open. It fell with a crash. A hand appeared through the trap door, holding a revolver. And then the head and shoulders of one of the smugglers followed. Um, my God. Uh, come out of it, he snapped, pointing the, director, er, pointing the revolver directly at the yeah. dim figure of Frank. Again, Frank just getting <laughs> all of the guns. Duck this time. Uh, come out or I'll shoot. Further resistance was useless. The Hardys descended. Um, uh, at an array of leveled revolvers that covered every moment. They saw Snackley standing on the forefront of the crowd. They were they were captured again. Woo! Okay. And that is the end of that, and then the next chapter is Rescue. I wonder what happens. Yeah, I wonder what happens, too. Wow. But my God, man. Yeah. That's a, that was is brutal. When I was reading this, I was like, okay, there's not a lot of funny stuff in this and no cool things, but there is a lot of insane I just, gunplay for a children's book. So these books, with the rewrites, yeah. someone wrote an outline. They, they rewrote an outline, and then someone else wrote the manuscript for the rewrite. Yeah. I have to imagine that the author who wrote the manuscript of the rewrite yeah. kept being like, I just want to make sure I'm reading this right. <laughs> so you want to you take out all the guns and add in, what does it say, a light 
Is it a light bulb? <laughs> yeah, but it's a whole like it's a whole like yeah, MacGyver situation. The and lights out. They have to change it, and, and then he gets knocked out, but like for a second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, just recapping: no guns, no guns, no, <laughs> no, but no, but light bulb yeah, drama. M- more boats. <laughs> we like boats. Hey, audience, you like boats, right? Yeah, we like boats. <laughs> just got a group of kids. What do you like more, boats or guns? Guns. Well, we're gonna. Do Did boats. you say boats? <laughs> you heard them, boats. <laughs> you can win this boat or the mystery box. Well, mystery box could be anything. <laughs> it could even it be, could a, be boat. a boat. <laughs> uh, we're gonna take a, a quick break. Yeah, we're gonna, we go to we're that. Gonna learn some things, and we'll be right back. Beautiful. And with that, uh, why did I just struggle to say that? Yeah, I don't know. And with that, the boys took a break. And we're back. And we're back. That was the longest break I think we've ever taken. Yeah, a lot of walking tall. I don't know what time it is now, but yeah, we looked into walking tall, and the original 1973 movie about Buford Pusser, um, he did not play himself, and he never played himself. Yeah. He uh, was a career cop and an amazing one uh, who undid a lot of corruption and, and, and took on the state line mob and the Dixie yeah. Mafia. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... For the life of me, I cannot find what I'm looking for, which is a movie I've seen where a cop who, like, did the same sort of thing, like, broke up some stuff and, like, became this, like, renegade do-gooder and then went on to star in movies about himself being this renegade do-gooder. See, it's hard to look up because we both looked it up and nothing but Steven Seagal came up. Yeah, there's a bunch about Steven Seagal. And yeah, nothing you get about Walking what I want. Tall and Steven Seagal. And, uh, walking Seagal. <laughs> walking Seagal. Um, so, so over the next research. several months, that's all I'm going to do is try to find this film uh, and this person that I'm thinking I feel thinking like we of. should get Brett Hoy on this. Brett can start researching He for may you. know. He, I, he'll figure it out. If anyone could do it, it's Hoy. That's true. Or That's any of our listeners, you can just write in the answer to us at uh, Hardy and Sons Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. Yeah, don't forget to use that uh, email. It's open. You guys can write and tell us what you think of the show, how you like our ads, how you like the new platform. Yeah. Um, if you have, uh, or if you're just joining us at the halfway mark of this episode for some reason, <laughs> yeah. when we last left the boys, uh, they, they've finally been taken hostage Yeah. after... A pretty high octane shootout. Yeah, that's bonkers. That's pretty so, awesome. So please proceed, sir. Proceeding. Uh, the after next chapter is called rescue. Rescue. Yeah, and like you said, I wonder what happens. What do we do with them, Chief? Asked one of the men. S- uh, spoil it for me. Are we with the Hardys the whole time? Yeah. Okay. So we we don't flash to <laughs> no. Tony and no. There's Shen none of and, that. Okay. There's not one one darn scene of that. Yeah, are there any Coast Guardsmen? Uh. Okay, go on. Uh, uh, well, no. Okay. No, it's it's strictly police. Okay. Um, Proceed, sir. And also, just so you know, there's no mention of their lights being brighter than anything else in the Seven Seas. It's just they show up. I don't know why they added the idea of, you could tell it was police by how bright their lights were. Well, maybe their lights didn't get bright until the 59. That's actually, we should look into 1959 police lights. Cop light innovations. Yeah. How much brighter, how many more lumens did cop lights have than the normal people's civilians? What do we do with them, chief? Asked one of the men. 
Take them back to the cave. We'll get them out to Li Chang right away. If they get away again, there'll be trouble for them. Keep an eye on them. Shouldn't we tie them up? There's no rope. It doesn't matter. Pull up. Uh, God. There's no rope. It doesn't matter. Put a bullet through the first one that makes a false move. You hear that? He said, turning to Fenton Hardy. The first one that tries to escape gets a bullet through him. Jesus. <laughs> awesome. Book. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so at uh, this point, Joe sneezes and gets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought he was making. <laughs> Shotgun misfired again. Uh, the three surrounded. The three were surrounded by smugglers. The light shone on their evil, bearded faces and glittered on the drawn revolvers. Fenton Hardy's useless weapon had been snatched from him. Downstairs, snapped Snackly. <laughs> Snack Snapley. That's not the first time they use that, right? Yeah, there was Snackly snapped earlier. Yeah, so Snap Snackly. That is hard to say. Say that three times fast. No. Yeah. Nice. Good. Get downstairs with you. Uh, so they go downstairs, and then someone rushes into the room, gasping for a breath. The light revealed him to be another one of the smugglers. Please, he exclaimed in terror. They're coming down the lane. Uh-oh. Uh, so down the cave, quick. So they're taking the Hardys downstairs, and um, Frank... On a daring move, standing directly besides one of the smugglers, uh, sprang at the fellow, dashing the revolver from his grasp. It clattered on the floor. Help! roared the fellow as they grappled together. Fenton Hardy had also been watching for his chance, and he sprang through the darkness at Snackley. He collided heavily with the chief of smugglers, and they rolled on the floor in desperate struggle. Okay. Yeah, so they're not fighting. They're just straight up rolling. They're tumbling. They're not touching. They're like next <laughs> yeah. to each other, yeah. both just rolling around. <laughs> I can roll, roll harder than you. What are you doing? Role play. <laughs> um, terrible. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I had a really stupid joke several, several weeks ago that we thought was the best joke on the podcast, and you just... You just snatched it with role play. <laughs> yeah, we got pretty dumb jokes, dude. Man, where's pretty my joke? Dumb. It was a pun on somebody's name. Oh, I love puns. Puns, you... Not uh, even a pun. both sides just... of your brain when you do yeah. puns. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, so they're rolling around on the ground, blah, blah, blah. The police! Every man for himself, make your getaway! The trooper shot through the doorway... Um, but Snackly dodged to one side. Wait, the trooper shot through the doorway? Yeah. So police are now shooting in. Yeah, police... Uh... Police, with knowing probably that there's hostages inside, police have just opened fired through the walls. Yeah, and okay. that's also the first um, introduction of the police officer. I mean, you hear that the police are coming, and they're just like, the police, every man for himself. And then out of nowhere, the next sentence straight up is, the trooper shot through the doorway at him. But Snackly dodged to one side. There was a rush of footsteps from the How other room. How do you dodge a <laughs> bullet? Sean, they live in a simulation. Are it's you the telling Matrix. me that I'll be able to dodge bullets? Well, if you can dodge a bullet, you can dodge a ball. Oh, I was going with uh, the Matrix. I'm telling you when you're ready, you won't have to. Oh, okay. That was a good Larry Fishburne, dude. Thank that you. was very good. Thank Whenever you. John Wick 
2, the trailer came out, and he had the pigeon around him. Mm -hmm. My favorite pun I ever did was Larry Fishbird. Nice. Yeah, not yeah. as good as role play, but it's up. No, there. it's up there. It's a good one. I made a meme out of it. It didn't go far. No one enjoyed it besides <laughs> myself. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Snackley dodged to one side. There was a rush of footsteps from the other room as the rest of the smugglers raced out into the kitchen. Uh, the officers tried to hold them back, but there were too many for them. Uh, and he was hurled against the wall. So there's just one officer in the house, and I guess these smugglers threw him against the wall. Utter confusion prevailed. The place was in absolute darkness, and out in the yard, shots, shouts, and horse, and horse imprecations mingled in an indescribable uproar. I'd like to. So, so what you mean is it's H O A R S E, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they're they're yelling. Yeah. But I'd like to think that like shots, shouts, and and horse winnings. <laughs> Yeah, Winnie's. <laughs> Why are there horses here? <laughs> well, the police rode them. That's true. It's nineteen twenty. Yeah, that's why Use they didn't the police, have bright lights. Like the the horse Gatling guns. <laughs> like the tail end of the horse lifts up, and a little Gatling comes out of the butt, <laughs> and then you just kind of like kick it on the side. Just <laughs> you you got to that magical place again that I hate, <laughs> and you know it. <laughs> yeah, I could have gone with the shooting out turds, but I did a Gatling gun for you because I feel like the steel metal coming out in the barrel that's just rotating out of his butt is just classic. Out of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Beavis. Uh, so half a dozen police officers are in the yard. They had been attracted to the house by the sound of the shots when the Hardys were pursued by the smugglers, and they planned to surround the place. So the police showed up because they heard guns. That firefight drew the police. Okay. Police doing no their job. No one called them. I was just like, okay, sweet, 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 sweet. No Tony Preto, nothing, nothing like that. Now, tell me, spoil it for me. Is colleague with all these police officers? No. You know? Okay. No. Nor is there a petty officer, Brown, who just wants to be, like, king of the police and, like, oh, they're first. That is <laughs> me, 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 that, me, 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 me. <laughs> uh, so here we go. He went downstairs. I don't know who he is. The fugitive had disappeared. So I guess probably snack following snack later. He went downstairs to the opening, finding a flight of stairs, which he descended. He could hear footsteps receding through the darkness, but he made his way across the uneven floor of the cellar. Oh, I guess that's um, the detective stopped and listened. So it's Fenton. What's what's happening? He heard someone say in a weak voice. Everything snarled the voice, which he recognized of that of Snackley. OK, so what's what happening? Snackley, yeah, uh, it's Snackley, but... Fenton is tailing him. Gotcha. So, what's happening? Fenton overheard someone say, Everything, snarled the voice, which he recognized that of Snackley. The detective's heart leaped. Everything is happening. The police are here. The police. Yes, the police. State troopers, federal officers, and all. But don't think you're going to have a chance of squealing on us. I'm going to fix you as soon as I have done a long... As I should have done a long while ago. The other voice rose, replete with terror. No, no, you won't do that, Snackley. Let me live. 
<laughs> Fenton Hardy crept swiftly over to the door. He saw Snackley standing by a small cot in the cell-like room. On the cot crouched a haggard man whose hands were handcuffed behind him. His feet were shackled to one leg of the iron cot. Snackley, with a grim look of cruelty on his face, was raising a heavy club he had picked up. There was no time to lose. The detective sprang through the doorway. So he was about to just hit this man like he was You're a seal. Bludgeon him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like a seal. A little seal clubbing. Um, it's terrible. Uh, so he plunges at Snackley right before uh, he can smack this man with his club and kill him. They swayed to and fro, stumbling about on the muddy floor. So they're back on the floor. He pinned the smuggler against the wall. I guess he's now upright right after he was on the floor, twisting his wrists, giving him the Indian burn. <laughs> the club- Third degree Indian burn. Indian burn! The club fell to the floor. Snackley plunged forward and they lost their footing, rolling about in the mud. Again, on the floor, in the mud. Suddenly, Fenton Hardy was wrenched... Uh, Fenton Hardy wrenched his arm free, sprawled over and managed to seize Snackley's revolver. He pressed it against Snackley's side. Awesome. Just sticks it in his gut, I imagine. The smuggler gave in. He flung his arms above his head. I'm licked, he muttered sullenly. Um, so Fenton takes him upstairs, but as he's going upstairs, he turns around and looks at the man on the cot and goes, We'll come back for you later, Mr. Jones. Ooh. And that... Is where the song Mr. Jones comes from. Yes, it is. Bim, Mr. Bim, bim. Jones and me. Mr. Smuggling dope and Japanese It's <laughs> good. Dude, that's a good song. We should make that. I know. Uh, the Roundup. Uh, so Joe is just like, yo, there's secret passages. Joe leads the police through the opposite door. Blah, blah, blah. The trooper had spoken. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so they go to the storage room. Joe takes the police officers to the storage room, um, and they find out that the boat is gone. So they're trying to track down whatever smugglers are left. They got away, he said in a disappointment. Give us a light, they heard. Joe gave a shout of joy. It was Tony Prito's voice. So the boat is missing, and they imagine everyone got away, and then, yes, Prito shows up. Um, right this way, Joe called out. Head toward the right of the cave and you'll be in deep water. A little further. Good. So he's getting inside with the boat. As the motorboat drew nearer, he saw that it was filled with men and that a rowboat was being towed behind them. We got him, cried Tony. Um, they were just getting out of the cove uh, in the boat when we came up. Who was with you, asked Joe. Police. The rest of them went uh, ahead in the car. We caught the whole gang of them. They raided the house and got the rest of the smugglers. We thought these fellas had made a getaway. No chance, although it was mighty close. They pretty near slipped out of the cove right under our noses. So, blah, blah, blah. So, Tony. Yeah, Tony is with is the escorting police. Escorting a bunch of cops and they. To the cove. They and they find the guys, guys leaving. The rowboat. Nice. And then um, they're talking, and Joe's like. I wish the author would have left it as like Tony single handedly. <laughs> yeah. Pistol whipped these guys. <laughs> Tony took him down. Tony's got a club of his own, dude. You better watch out. It's club sandwich. Yeah, that's that one of the Italian refuse. beefs. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, baby. Um, so if they got away, we'd have never caught them. Said Joe. They were heading out towards a ship. A ship. 
exclaimed one of the officers, a burly man in plain clothes. He stepped forward. Did they say anything about a ship? (laughs) Yeah. He just said that. They were heading towards a ship. A ship? Did they say anything anything about a ship? ship? Yeah. Yeah, man. Are you sure you should lead whatever is about to happen? Wait, now I'm starting to think, why is this officer in plain clothes? Everyone else else is dressed like an officer. Who is this man? Big fake mustache and snackly. A ship! (laughs) And meanwhile, Fenton Hardy dressed as a pirate is right behind him, like glowering. This plain dressed man, they notice that his gun is one of those clown guns that just says banks. The bang is already like deflated or just rolled out. Uh, Did they say anything about a ship? A man named Lee Chang has a ship lying in wait outside the bay, said Joe. I heard them talking about it. Good, explained the burly man. Now we'll capture the whole outfit. Looks at Tony. I suppose your boat is good for another little run? I'll say it is, sir. I want as many officers as we can spare, said the burly man. We'll go out and find that ship. Lee Chang, did you say? Looks at Joe. Yeah. (laughs) There is a ship, and it is Lee Chang. Uh, (laughs) And smugglers, did you say? (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) Tony Prito's When did you get here? You say? (laughs) I just told you, man. Hit my head, you ask? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> concussion one asks it was sam bates <laughs> is that i'm a truck sam? driver see is that you <laughs> or he just keeps saying i'm a police officer you <laughs> see a wait a second see. where have and I he heard puts that his before? hand up like over the mustache <laughs> lowers it lifts it lowers it lifts sam it sam bates <laughs> oh uh, so the officer gets in the motorboat, and Joe clambered in besides Tony Prito, who is at the wheel. Uh, so they drive over to the boat. They find Lee Chang's boat. Ahoy there, a voice answered in Chinese. Speak English, roared the officer. <laughs> roared the <Jesus>. officer. <laughs> Did he say ahoy there? No, no. So we say ahoy there. We go ahoy there. And then a man answers back in Chinese. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought it was saying like a Chinese man says ahoy there and they're yelling. Speak English! I don't understand you. I am speaking I English. I don't understand. I don't know what you just said. <laughs> you ever seen Harold and Kumar 2 Escape from Guantanamo Bay? No. There's a great scene uh, in which this is happening where he's talking to Kumar's dad who is... Um, of Indian descent, and every time he speaks in perfect English, he always goes, I don't know what you're saying, but <laughs> F you. It's Ed Helms. It's so funny. Uh, so speak English. Throw a ladder over, or we'll open fire on you. <laughs> like, that's the first thing they say. Also, Ahoy there, speak English, and throw a, a ladder, or you're going to die. If there's a language barrier, yeah. let's say they don't speak that's English. That's what I'm worried about, too. Why would you be like, hey, speak English, and we're going to open fire on yeah. you? <laughs> you don't throw that ladder over and they're just confused or maybe use broken english like well they do speak the, english the next or line i shoot the next line is broken english oh god throw a ladder over or we'll open fire on you who there <laughs> <laughs> who there the police jabbering voices and running footsteps suddenly created a commotion one of the troopers fired his revolver into the air and very promptly a ladder was lowered over the side of the boat uh, the vessel that's better, 
said the man, holding the revolver in his hand. Um, the capture of Lee Chang was without incident. When he was told that Snackley and the gang were captured, the Chinaman, who was small, wizened little fellow <laughs> with the villainous uh, contuance, blandly submitted to arrest and consented to be taken ashore. The roundup was complete. Snackley's smuggling gang had been completely broke. Uh, broke. I can't read it because the words are smudged. Yeah, but broken up. Oh yeah, that's a P there. Yep, broken up. Uh, f- final chapter, I believe. The mystery explained. What a great name for the final chapter. <laughs> <laughs> so everything that just happened. Let me explain it. Let me explain it. In case you couldn't quite In follow. In a chapter we like to call the mystery, mystery explained. explained. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's another good name for the podcast. The mystery. The explained. mystery explained. Yeah. yeah, but the mystery is how did these books get popular after they were rewritten? That's a great question. That's the mystery, and that's one we can't explain. We'll never be able to explain it. So the Hardy Boys were the hero of Bayport when the news of the capture of Snackley and his men spread throughout the city the next day. As for Tony Preto, he was the envy of all the chums of the two lads. Uh. Tony had all the luck, bemoaned Chet Morton as the boys were sitting in the barn in the back of the Hardys uh, the next afternoon. This barn, which had been fitted up as a gymnasium, was a meeting place for the lads on occasion of importance. Um, we had a motorboat, said Frank. Believe me, I was wishing more than once that the whole crowd was along. Uh, and uh, you'll get the reward for capturing Snackley, asked Phil Cohen. Not all of it. Dad gets half. Joe and I split the rest. Dad gets half. Dad was captured and you saved him. He's still taking a half? Yeah, wow. Yeah, Dad's a little greedy man. I don't even know what to make of it. Like, no one does. The world's greatest detective, who I feel like Frank should get an extra four hundred bucks just yeah, for, for all being the guns being named. Yeah, for twice for PTSD <laughs> meetings, <laughs> therapy. Yeah, God, uh, you haven't any kick coming. What's going to happen to Snackley? He'll probably go to the electric chair," answered Frank somberly. Why? He murdered Felix Palooka, the miser. Murdered him? Yes, Dad found out that uh, Dad found that out through his investigation. Dad suspected all along that there was some connection between Snackley and the house on the cliff, especially when he found that Snackley and Palooka had been related. He went out to find out what he could, but the smugglers saw him and captured him. What about that fella they had imprisoned in the cellar? Questioned Biff Hooper. Didn't you say Snackley was just going to kill him when your father saved him? That was the young fellow we saved in the bay that day. That young chap who told us his name was Jones. It wasn't his real name at all. His name is Yates, and he was one of the smugglers. Whoa. So not a not a Coast Guardsman not a or Coast an undercover, yeah. but a, a smuggler who was... Uh, they turned on him. So why was Snackley chasing him that day, asked Perry Robinson. It seems that Yates got angry because he didn't get his full share of the money from the last smuggling trip. So he threatened to tell the police on Snackley. Oof. So, yeah, they uh, decided, hey, if you're going to try and rat on us, we're going to kill you. Um, and then th- I love this. You know, 
I still can't understand about those yells and shrieks we heard the first day we were out at the farmhouse, put in Phil Cohen, because this has been bothering Phil Cohen. Yeah. You know, he's not worried about the gunshots. It's just like, no. oh, those ghosts, what was going on? That was just to frighten us away. One of the men in the gang is sort of a half-wit. <laughs> sort of a half-wit. And they had him, they had him posted there. To frighten people off by yelling and shrieking whenever anyone showed up around the place. He was the chap who stole our tools from the, from the motorcycle. It's it's on this halfway. They're just like, go stand outside and bark at people and make weird noises and steal their tools. This <laughs> is... <laughs> That's so, so cold maybe. and offensive. Not not that the smugglers would do it, but that this author would, <laughs> would include I'm that. Like, I know. I'm like when I read that, I was like, I'm starting to accept the idea of someone just wanted to play ghost. I'd rather someone just wanted to play ghost than it was a yeah. halfwit that they essentially just tied up and used as a watchdog, <laughs> <laughs> a scarecrow. <laughs> Oh, it's terrible. Oh god. Why not just why not just say like oh, they would make noise. The smugglers would make noises to keep people away. Why make it sound like they're keeping <laughs> someone who has a a disability as a pet? <laughs> I know it's god. terrible. It is terrible. Uh so then they talk a little bit more and then they ask about the killing of Palooka and how he fixed up the tunnels and the cliffs. Um, and they said, it seems that Palooka had the smuggling idea in the first place, and he spent years fixing up those caves and tunnels. When everything was ready, he called in Snackley, but Snackley didn't like to share with anyone who had a right to a voice in the affair. So he killed the old man, took his money, and brought the smuggling gang there. Yates told you all that? He told us so much of that, Snackley. He told us so much of it that Snackley saw there was no use bluffing any longer, so he admitted the whole story. Gosh, said Chet, just my luck. I was there in time to get scared to death by that half-wit, and there in time to get balled out and chased off the farm by a redhead and his wife, but I missed out on all the fun at last. Poor Chet. Not much fun about it, declared Joe. It didn't seem very funny to us when the smugglers caught us in the cave just as we were getting dad free. And it wasn't any fun hiding in the attic with bullets coming through the floor. Yeah, dozen. Yeah, added in Frank. I thought every minute was going to be my last. Yeah. That is Yeah, I'm glad that Frank finally understands the concept of death. Well, they're actually shooting. Well, yeah, that's also true. That'll that'll make you understand pretty quick. Um, so, uh, no, I guess it wasn't any too funny then, added chat, added chat. You deserve every cent you get out of that reward. We'll treat the whole gang to a feed as soon as we collect, Joe promised. Wee! shouted Chet, <laughs> turning a handspring. <laughs> Chet wow. told me he gets fed. He just does a somersault. Wee! Like a little Chet's piggy in the moves. deliverance. Yeah. Now we're talking. The next line. This is hilarious. The Hardy Boys kept their word. <laughs> they fed them. Uh, so <laughs> I hope the Hardy Boys solve a mystery every week, said Chet, as he confronted his third dish of ice cream. 
And I hope they celebrate every success the same way. Um, and then that just goes on to being like the story and their adventures will be told in the next volume of the series called the Hardy boys, the secret of the old mill. Tony Preto conscious of envying glances. Okay, dude, this is the weirdest ending of all time. <laughs> you ready for this? All right. It's very strange. This is the last bit. Tony Preto conscious of conscious of the envying, envying glances, uh, of the other lads because he had participated – sorry, all these words are smudged – in the eventful climax to the mystery of the house on the cliff, scooped up the last of the ice cream and said, once I wanted my father to buy an automobile and he bought a motorboat instead. Now he wants to sell the boat and buy an automobile. Just let him try it. That boat gave me more fun in one day. Than I'd ever had since we came to the States. The end. Huh. <laughs> I was like, all right. All That's right. how you want to end it? After after Frank was just saying, like, yeah, wasn't that funny when we were being shot at? <laughs> Tony's like, best day ever. Best day ever. Super fun. It was awesome. Dad wants to get rid of that boat. Yeah, sure, it's got a few bullet holes in it. He wants to upgrade to a car, but... I've just had a good time. It's the best time I've ever had since I've come to the States. Being involved in crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost dying. And well, that wraps up the uh, comparisons. And we yeah. can finally move on to the next read, thank God. I've been dying. The secret of the old mill. Ooh, I wonder what the secret is. Yeah. Would you say it's a mystery? I would say. Uh, so, uh, again, I- I'm genuinely excited to get... Like, I remember... Getting started with book two, The House on the Cliff. I was so stoked. And the telescope thing was the funniest bit for like four chapters going deep into it. And knowing where we just left them from this comparison and this sort of weird, gritty spot. Yeah. I'm excited to see what sharp contrast to what lame adventure they're going to start the book with as they stumble across something to be excited about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have to record record some more this week i know it's gonna be awesome we'll do our first block recording in a long time oh uh, yeah oh yeah it's gonna be after thanksgiving too so we're gonna be uh all fattened and plumped we're gonna be chet morton size we're gonna be doing handsprings mm-hmm. um one of my uh friends jill yeah uh, does not listen to the podcast um thanks for listening jill yeah shout not, out not to a jill. listener um <laughs> But uh, I'm, I, I, I don't know whether or not she will this winter. Um, oh, does Batch listen to him? Well, maybe she would just start listening or something like that. So, but it, oh. would, it would be during the winter. Did you just realize now that I'm yeah. doing it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was. Hey, so... I'm going to take that, that shout out to Jill. That's coming back. You don't get that shout out. You're not, you don't exist. Okay, continue. No, I really have a friend named Jill. Sorry, Jill. Shout out she back exists. at you. She helped uh, make the marshmallow thing come come to life. She works at the college school. Oh, that's, does, does Jill uh, listen to the podcast? No. Okay. Uh, all that part was true. I'm very conflicted with this whole shout out thing. I'm going to let you continue. I was just going to say, I wonder if we'll be listened to by a cold Jill when we get <laughs> to the secret of the old mill. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that I one. I left the a numbers lot. thing behind. I yeah. went for a titular one. <laughs> this is very titular. I'm this titulated. Is so titular. <laughs> and with that, the boys, the boys ended, ended the season two. two. I said tried the to say that two. at the same time as yeah, we, it we did a work. bad job. Let's do it again. Yeah. And, and with, with that, that, the boys, boys ended, ended season, season two. two.